We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen up, people. It's the Ownership Report on rotogrinders.com. My name is Chris Gimino, Projected Ownership Analyst for RG, and joining me to go over week 14 in the National Football League for DFS purposes, as always, is Dan Gasper, Mr. Tuttle 05. Tuttle man, what are we going to do this week? It's one of those weeks where we've got the injury bug floating around, creating some new situations, a lot of COVID situations coming up as well. You ready to adapt to this one? There's still some stuff I'm I think we're not quite sure about yet, but uh, as you know, lots of uncertainty when you get this late in the season. Yeah, a ton of uncertainty. We do do have most of the news I think we were waiting on. Um, I typically do my first set of rankings for, for Roto-Grinders about on Thursday, and that was when the Mike Williams news was still up in the air. Uh, we still had Melvin Gordon news up in the air, and it's like, I'm going to put this off another day because until we get this news, it's really – it's really useless to do some of these rankings. So finally got a full updated set of rankings on the site today. And I, I think we got most of the stuff that we're waiting on in terms of, you know, injuries and that sort of thing. Yeah. I think uh, Elijah Moore is one that I'm waiting on here to figure out if he's going to go. He would actually be pretty popular if he was going to play. I did dock him a little bit in his ownership projection this week, just on the uncertainty 
Uh, I, I mean, I think, I guess Debo and is, is a kind of guy, I mean, he's going to go here, but again, if Debo's out, that changes things a lot for the 49ers, especially in the backfield. And why I should say at the wide receiver position as well. Why am I saying, especially in the backfield, the whole damn team revolves around him these days. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of things out here. Tony Pollard uh, right now, questionable. I think people would want to know his status when considering what to do with Ezekiel Elliott. A, a very slow and boring Ezekiel that I might add this season, but I digress. Let's get into the ownership projections this week, Tuttle. Let's, let's start with quarterback, as we always do. Let's start talking about Taysom Hill on DraftKings, who is going to be more popular there than he will be on FanDuel because of the price tag, 5,600. Uh, the matchup certainly very appealing against the Jets. The problem is, Tuttle, uh, if you're creating the traditional quarterback stack uh, on DraftKings with uh, Taysom Hill, uh, what, your, your move, go. Yeah, I don't think you stack them. Um, I don't. I think you just you just play them solo and then stack some of the other high total games. The unfortunate thing is, I think that's probably the popular move. Um, so, like, if he's the the highest owned quarterback, I don't think it's going to be unique at all to to play him and then stack Kansas City, Las Vegas, stack, stack Tampa Bay, Buffalo. Um, it's kind of your secondary stacks. I think that will be a fairly common approach. Um, I know we mostly talk DraftKings and it's just kind of more interesting there in general, just because of how pricing. Uh, but when you look at FanDuel this week, like is Taysom really going to be, and I, I think this is the case, but is Taysom really going to be higher owned than Lamar Jackson at $200 less? I mean, that's a good question. I feel like that's probably, it's probably not going to be that close. Uh, if that's what it's shown right now, I'm having a little bit of trouble pulling up FanDuel. Uh, I might create a duplicate window here, but yes, I would say that uh, Lamar Jackson should be the choice over Taysom Hill. Uh, although Taysom's matchup is certainly a lot better. And if you, yep. I'm not saying Taysom Hill is as good as Lamar Jackson, but I'm saying as a fantasy play, they're similar archetype players. So I wouldn't say it's a, it's probably not as distant as it sounds like, you know, we certainly have Taysom Hill for a higher projection than Lamar Jackson right now, which sounds strange to say out loud, but I think that's probably right against the Jets. Uh, overall, uh, I think the general public in years past would have easily chosen Lamar in this spot. I don't think it's that close this week, uh, but he's certainly going to be the chalk on DraftKings. Uh, Cam, what about Cam Newton, though? Because Cam Newton's $200 less than Taysom Hill. And again, similar archetype, good matchup against the Falcons. I think that that's, that's, a, that's something to debate here. Gosh, I can't do Cam. I don't know why. Um, the setup's there. And what they fired their offensive coordinator for running the, or for, for throwing the ball too much. It's just going to be a cam and, and Chuba Hubbard type of day where they're just running um, read options all day long under 20 pass attempts is like an, an absolute ideal situation for Carolina. And I think they can probably pull it off just because of the strength of the opponent. Um, it's not very good. I Yes. Same archetype. Um, cam's a lot more of the bruiser though. So like, for me, it's it's much more difficult to envision Cam getting the 100-yard rushing bonus where we already saw Taysom do it last week. Uh, Taysom just has significantly higher upside to me uh, at this stage in his career. I've got FanDuel pulled up on the screen right now, and we can see that Cam is going to be much lower owned on that particular site. Again, the pricing just structured a lot differently at the quarterback position over there, and it's much more much easier to get to Tom Brady, much easier to get to Josh Allen, much easier to get to Patrick Mahomes. And as you mentioned, uh, Lamar Jackson, if you want to go that direction in a, in a poor matchup against Cleveland, uh, very easy to get there as well. Uh, so either one of these guys, you can't do cam. I get that. Uh, but I think plenty of people are going to do that. We have him projected for 
just over double digit ownership uh, on DraftKings here. So I think that the two running QBs at those price tags, if you're looking to jam them in, uh, is going to be the most popular selections. Now, I did mention Josh Allen. I did mention Tom Brady. They're facing off in a very critical matchup for the Bills here. I do think that the Bills are going to go to the pass game in order to try to attack the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think Josh Allen, as a result, is a pretty tremendous play, propped at almost 300 yards passing. Yeah, he's an amazing play. Um, I mean, every team that plays against Tampa Bay just concedes and throws the ball. Uh, Tampa Bay is so good against the run, uh, so we see extremely high pass rates. Tampa Bay's offense is really good, and the re- they play really quick. Uh, so it increases the plays for the other for the opponents. Um, this is a really good game. It, it's hard like to get away from this spot for me. Uh, I know Josh Allen's projected for highest ownership on uh, or second highest ownership on FanDuel with Tom Brady being the highest owned. Like this is the game to target for me on the week. Uh, it's the one that's probably going to be most competitive. It's the one you can see them going back and forth. They're the likeliest to go back and forth. Um, I mean, honestly, at 9.7%, I'm completely fine with that. I, I typically don't worry about quarterback ownership unless it gets like crazy out of control. So seeing Allen here at 9.7%, that's definitely not, you know, making me uh, change my mind on on how heavy I want to be on that game. So what's the maximum you see for Allen? 12%, 13%, something like that. I mean, again, I would say that based on what I think the quality of this matchup is in terms of his floor and ceiling, we I think he's... Uh, one, I think he's the highest floor quarterback we have projected right now. So you're pretty safe in terms of his production. I don't think they, this entire game is going to go by with Tampa Bay dominating so hard that he doesn't get to see the ball enough to get 15, 16 fantasy points. And at the same time, you can see 40, you know, you know, maybe more. I mean, geez, I mean, this, this matchup is going to be purely passing for Allen. That's, and that's what they're looking to do there. There's no way they're going to stampede Zach Moss into that defensive line for any period of time during this game. So I would be very bullish on Josh Allen. Now, Tom Brady on the other side of this game, I think there's just as much reason to get excited about that. Now, Trey Davis White, no longer playing for the Buffalo Bills. He's out. So you are going to be faced with a situation where you have basically no one to shut down Mike Evans. You have Chris Godwin, who's effectively not someone we're that concerned about matchup to begin with. And you've got Tom Brady, who's going to dictate the game at the line of scrimmage and find the open uh, receiver who in a lot of cases has been gronk this year, quite frankly, but yeah, this is going to be a situation where Tom Brady's going to smash. Uh, tell me how you're going to discern between these two players. Um, I think the way I'm treating it, um, great. Like I, I prefer Josh Allen straight up overall, uh, again, over Brady. Um, but I do think Brady has some good value on DraftKings, uh, where you get the 300 yard passing bonus, uh, that almost feels lockish in this spot. Um, Allen obviously has more, more mobility, more upside with his legs, which is more conducive to, to draft King or to FanDuel where he doesn't get docked if he doesn't hit that 300 yards passing. But like you said, his, his passing props at 300 yards anyways. Uh, so I do, I do prefer Allen. Um, it gets kind of tough to fit in on FanDuel, uh, even though it's only $600 more. Uh, you do have to do some wiggling around to figure that out but I am really curious about Brady's ownership, obviously an excellent play, but like, will people see Buffalo and be a little afraid of the matchup? I don't think so. I think the field's gotten much, much sharper than in the past, but in the past, I do think it would have been a spot where we could have seen a little bit of a discount in ownership, but I, I don't think that'll be the case this week. When I do uh, play the fan game, I do support the Buffalo bills title. And I can tell you for a fact 
that uh, Tom Brady's had some success against the Bills over the years and will not be uh, someone that people are just going to simply dismiss because of the, you know, whatever, whatever metric you want to throw DVOA out there. You know, people are going to be pretty well aware of Tom Brady as matchup proof and this situation, not un unfamiliar with him. He he's definitely going to have a monster game. People know it. He'll be owned, especially on FanDuel. Okay. So those are the four highest on guys, in my opinion. I think the next couple of guys are worth serious discussion in terms of tournament play. Patrick Mahomes uh, struggling this year more than we've known him to in the past. And Justin Herbert, who is not struggling so much, but does not have his top target in Keenan Allen. Uh, which one of these guys do you consider to be the highest probability of a big, big game for tournament play? Uh, Mahomes over Herbert, for sure. Um, then I, I guess I say for sure, but I, I don't think it's that clear. Um, but it, like, I'm starting to worry a little bit. We haven't seen this Chargers offense operate a whole lot without Keenan Allen, right? Um, and sometimes when you move a piece, remove a piece that's getting double-digit targets every week and accounts for a huge part of the offense, things things don't go as smoothly. Um, so I do I do have some of that concern, which I, I think is going overlooked a little bit. Like, Herbert's not going to be chalky, but I still think people love Herbert this week. And I'm just a little bit more concerned, I think, than the general public in terms of uh, the Chargers' ability to continue to move the ball without Allen in that offense. I mean, like look who, who look who they're replacing Keenan with, right? We're, we're talking about like Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer, um, more two tight end sets with Jared Cook, Donald Parham. I think what's going to happen, honestly, is you're just going to see a lot of checkdowns. You're going to see a lot of Austin Eckler involvement. I think that's the most likely scenario. Uh, but if they just start dropping back to pass and Eckler's not as involved as he should be. I could see this offense struggling as a whole for sure. Um, so Herbert is somebody I'm I'm definitely underweight on this week. Uh, and conversely, Mahomes, I think, is a, is a very strong tournament play. As the torchbearer for team preseason at Roto-Grinders, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree about the players replacing. You know, Jalen Gleitland's always been out there running around like a nitwit uh, during this whole season. But now you get Josh Palmer in there, who is a player that I think could potentially be capable in the league. He's still a rookie. We don't know for sure yet. But when he got his chances in preseason, he looked pretty good to me. Uh, pretty decent in terms of target per route run. If, if you go and look at you know what this guy's actually been able to do when given the chance, he's not been ineffective. So I would not count the Chargers passing game out. And I would particularly not look at who they have at tight end and say, okay, well, now they're going to have to put Parham and Cook out there. Now they're going to be less effective. I think both of those players can get the job done if asked to do something a little bit differently than normal. So I'm more bullish on Justin Herbert than you are. But I agree that Patrick Mahomes against the Raiders is the better pure upside spot. There's there's really – I don't have the same concerns a lot of people do about how Mahomes is playing this year. I think, I think he's going to shake it off eventually, and we're going to question ourselves why we have these problems – with, with this particular offense. But um, yeah, definitely want to make sure you sort that out for your own lineups this week, as far as, you know, where, where you're going to land on Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be that popular, but I still think his pass catchers and receiving options are still going to be pretty popular. Okay. Last couple of quarterbacks, before we move on to other positions, Tuttle. Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson, and I'll throw in Lamar Jackson. Why not? Three guys. Uh, these are three big name ish. Well, Russell Wilson used to be a big name player anyway, but you know, three of the better quarterbacks, before the season started in terms of how we perceive them. Uh, do you have a preference for any of these guys that are going to be on the lower end of ownership? Dak for sure. Um, and I think that will, like, he's somebody I could see ownership going up a little bit on. Um, I think he'll be kind of even in higher stakes. I don't want to say like the sharp pivot, but I do think 
like that's kind of I don't know how else to word it. Um, I think he'll be a, the, fo- the the popular pivot in higher stakes um, where you see Dak double stacks against a Washington team. I mean, fairly similar to Tampa Bay, really, um, in that they're very good against the run, uh, which oftentimes forces teams to drop back to pass more often against them. So I, I do think Dak will be probably pop more popular the higher stakes you go um, this week. And he is my favorite of the bunch. Um, a guy you didn't mention, but Joe Burrow, I think could also be fairly popular and end up creeping up in popularity. Um, 6K is cheap. Like I, when I saw Burrow's price tag this week, I, I was kind of shocked. Uh, obviously he had that finger issue, uh, but reports uh, from practice are that he's throwing the ball normally. Uh, he has easy stacking candidates. Jamar Chase's price is starting to go down. Um, T Higgins is going up, but has been performing ex- extremely well. Uh, so Burrow is another guy I could see steaming upwards in ownership in, in um, tournaments. Yeah, so the way ownership is going to shake out on DraftKings, you'll probably see Taysom Hill, Cam Newton as the top cheap options, the top value plays, so to speak, at the quarterback position that, that start to reach into the double digits in terms of their ownership, especially Taysom against the Jets. I think you'll see Tom Brady and Josh Allen uh, shoot up in ownership in that matchup, in that high-profile matchup between two of the better quarterbacks from a fantasy perspective in the league. And then I, I also think that uh, Herbert and Mahomes will be among the, the tournament options that people are starting to gravitate towards just because of their uh, demonstrated high ceiling upside. You Down the list a little bit more, you mentioned Joe Burrow. Uh, could end up in the mid-range, uh, 5% range. Uh, I'll, I'll throw in Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, and then Lamar Jackson to round up your highest owned players at the position. Tuttle, if you are looking at these props for these quarterbacks, and you're wondering how you're going to make heads or tails of Trevor Lawrence or Ryan Tannehill and their sub 230 yardage, never fear if you are sick of that crap. You can just go to Thrive Fantasy and focus on just the best players and play some DFS with player props. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. It's a daily fantasy sports and esports app for props, like I said. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes. The top-tier athletes, not, you know, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt, you know, Matt Ryan, these are the, you know, wash Matt Ryan. We're talking about Mahomes. We're talking about the big boys on Thrive Fantasy. Choose 10 out of the 20 available players, build your lineup. Each prop's going to get assigned a fantasy value for the over and the under. And then of course, you're going to have to build your lineup from those guys. Use promo code grinders. Sign up today and get a hundred percent instant first match deposit bonus up to 250 bucks, plus a couple of tickets, depending on how much you deposit. You know, 20 bucks gets you two, uh, four for uh, hundred to 499. You get six free tickets if you get over 500, up, up to 500 bucks. So go ahead and download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store. Go to thrivefantasy.com, sign up and prop up today. And on Thrive Fantasy, you will find guys possibly, well, I, I didn't look who's, who's over there this week, but you know, you got Austin Eckler is probably our top projected guy. Yep. Uh, 22 fantasy points on DraftKings. Uh, like you mentioned, could be in for an elevated pass catching role this week. Uh, discuss Austin Eckler and how you're going to approach him this week at high ownership, because I do think this is a fantastic spot for the player. Yeah. Um, more popular, more, or more viable, better play on DraftKings. Uh, again, PPR that helps him significantly in a spot like this. I think he's a really good play. Um, I will say the like the price tag doesn't jump out as amazing to me. Uh, so I'm, I'm fine. Like, if anybody wants to decide to take an underweight stance, like he's going to be so heavily involved, but even with how involved he's going to be, it's, it's ultimately going to come down to touchdown variance for him, I think in terms of uh, if he breaks the slate or not. Um, so I, I think it's completely viable to take an underweight approach on, on him, but I think he's a, he's an excellent overall option. 
certainly is uh, from a raw scoring perspective. I think he'll be, you know, getting close to the 20s in ownership as a result of his player projections and people's desire to go ahead and get a lot of pass catching backs on DraftKings. I do think he's going to be pretty popular on FanDuel as well. Uh, it looks like we're seeing somebody else get to the top of FanDuel. Jeff Wilson Jr. priced at 4900 Now, Tuttle, I want you to make some sense out of this situation because while Jeff Wilson Jr. sounds great at 4900 if he's going to be the starting running back, is he a true starter caliber workload? Is Jermichael Hasty, another preseason guy, going to come in there and start carrying the load for them and really do all the damage on the ground? Or is it going to be Wilson actually delivering when he's struck? Yeah, so we won't see um, – I'm, I'm confident we won't see an Eli Mitchell type of, type of workload for Jeff Wilson. Uh, but I think he, he, he is pretty clearly the early down back. Um, if Devo's active, he'll steal some carries away, just like he was with Mitchell as well. Um, so I'm not, I'm not expecting like a, t- a t- massive, massive workload for Wilson here. Uh, but the reality is if you play him on FanDuel and you play a relatively cheap tight end, you can play whoever, whoever you want at the other spots. Uh, that's just how soft the salary cap is over there. So um, I think that's why he's going to be popular. And even if you're realistic with his range of outcomes, even if he gets you six, seven points, um, that's probably enough to be able to fit what you can on FanDuel. So uh, I don't think he's an extremely high ceiling guy, um, but again, much better plan on FanDuel just because of what he can do uh, in terms of opening up the salary cap there. You'll see at the wide receiver position, he's going to open the floodgates on FanDuel in terms of where you can go with your roster there. On DraftKings, not so fast. You've got to actually make some decisions here. Uh, top owned running back on DraftKings right now, which I don't know if it's going to stick by the time this slate locks tomorrow. I've got Javante Williams up there uh, looking pretty good. And the reason for that is because Jeff Williams, Jeff Wilson at 4.4, I do think there's enough uncertainty in the projections. You'll see disparate from place to place that he won't necessarily pop as the stone chalk on every single projection model that you see in the world. So, you know, again, that's really varies on your opinion of Jermichael Hasty and his role in terms of how you'll look at Jeff Wilson Jr. at 4,400 on DraftKings. Javante Williams, I think people are more clearly going to see this matchup with the Lions. His primetime performance that was through the roof last week, and they're going to gravitate for, and, you know, you need the salary savings, quite frankly, on DraftKings. So am I wrong that Williams is going to be popular? Uh, if Melvin is active, which it looks like you're projecting in, I think that's wrong. Um, I think, I mean, the, the the reports out of camp are it's going to be a 50-50 split still. And I believe they are stubborn enough to make it a 50-50 split is the thing. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think this is a spot where Javante, just because he had a really good game, I mean, he should jump into a bigger workload. I don't think that's the, the likely scenario, though. Um the thing here with if you want to fade him at high expected ownership, um, like he's a scary fade still. It's the Detroit Lions. I think Denver's going to have the ball so, so much. They're going to run so many plays just because Detroit's not going to be able to move the ball. Um, it's going to be a lot of three and outs, a lot of really quick possessions for, for Detroit, which is just going to pad stats for uh, Denver, who, again, they want to keep control of the ball. They'll, they'll gladly just turn around and hand it off to Javante and, and, and Melvin. 20 times each if they can, um, which is crazy to think it's actually within the range of outcomes. Um, so if you look at it more like from that perspective, instead of it just being a 50-50 split, like the raw volume could certainly still be there for Javante. Yeah, the projection looks pretty good right now. But what, the problem is what you're telling me is, okay, if people aren't playing Javante Williams as much as is shown here, that means people are playing Josh Jacobs a lot more than I have right now at like 15% owned, which is not something that I'd 
I'll believe it when I see it. I, I actually think it's a good matchup. I think it's a good spot for Josh Jacobs. The, you know, the projection looks pretty good. Uh, looks like we're increasing the target share projection for him uh, as the season goes on. But man, I mean, it, it's tough. It's tough to imagine that people are really going to get Josh Jacobs into chalk territory. Is that really going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think projection systems like him significantly, which will drive ownership. Um, you mentioned the target share increase that's going to continue to increase ownership. Um, Jalen Richard, I think is likely out uh, with the COVID-19 Kenyon Drake's out. Like they don't have any other passing down backs that they can go to. Uh, they're so thin there. The matchup's good. So you add in a solid rushing workload that he's all had all along. I mean, the only hits against him have always been his lack of involvement as a pass catcher. And now he's starting to see that again, nine targets last week. Um, usually when we see, see a blip like that, I'd be like, oh, well, that's not going to happen again. I, I can't confidently say he won't near 10 targets again. No Darren Waller. Again, no, no other pass catching back backing him up this week. Um, I think he's, he's, yeah, I think he's a really good play. Yeah, I, I don't disagree on the quality of the play. It's really more whether or not people will actually click the button because, again, I've seen this movie before. I've seen Josh Jacobs with a good projection and people not playing him. So it's, it's a, you know, I'm snake bit when I see him pop up as he was supposed to be a little bit chalkier than I have him here. I lowered him down, probably end up releasing that manual edit. Okay, so Leonard Fournette is a guy that I think people are going to want to play this week, right? Uh, he's facing Buffalo in the matchup, not particularly good on paper, but, you know, they're – they're down. They're down to star defensive lineman. Uh, name is Star. Literally, um, this guy uh, Fournette's been getting in the end zone quite a bit lately. I think people are taking notice to his workload increasing by the week. Uh, what's your reaction to seeing him at high ownership? Do you believe that it'll happen? And are you interested in playing him at that ownership? It will definitely happen on FanDuel, um, where he's just remaining at seventy six hundred uh, week after week. I'm not exactly sure why. DraftKings has been a, at least a tiny bit more aggressive. Uh, moving his pricing up. Um, but yeah, I mean, he'll have ownership. Uh, again, another running back that's been much more involved as a pass catcher than what we expected, uh, which is kind of what keeps him in play on, on DraftKings. I'm I'm not as interested on DraftKings, um, even though he has shown involvement as a pass catcher. I, I just think there's um, less room for error with that price tag on, on DraftKings, whereas FanDuel, I think it's fine. Um, so I think he's a good play. I probably will not be playing him on DraftKings, but I think I think there's logic to playing him. Um, you can play him with Brady too. Is the other thing he, again? He he catches enough pass catch or catches where you can uh, justify playing him with Brady, and you can also justify him as leverage off the passing attack. So I think the 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 idea that you can play him both ways will probably keep his ownership up for sure. Agree there. Another guy whose ownership is going to be up again this week is Antonio Gibson, which would be elevated even further if you got rid of McKissick. I didn't check the status as far as whether or not he's going to be available tomorrow. Whether or not he's available is immaterial to me. I do think that Gibson is going to have a worthy role in the offense for 6K where he can get it done against Dallas. Uh, the question becomes, are you willing to do so if there's going to be a lot of people tagging along for the ride? Um. I do think McKissick's status matters um, to him, which I think is still questionable. Um, I th he, he was practicing in a limited fashion at the end of the week, McKissick, but um, still hasn't cleared the concussion protocol. So I, I do think that matters just because, like we saw last week, it, the game script went in their favor where they could run the ball a little bit more. Um, but even on passing situations, 
Uh, we saw Gibson in there much more often than what we would have seen. Uh, would McKissick have been active? Uh, Wendell, Wendell Smallwood, who we talked about a little bit, a little bit about last week, uh, only was on the field for five overall plays. Um, Jarrett Patterson was only on the field for four overall plays. Uh, so I do think McKissick's uh, status is going to dictate how much I like Gibson in this spot. If, McK- if McKissick's out, I like McKissick, or I like Gibson a lot at 6K on DraftKings. Uh, if McKissick's active, definitely I think you, you have to downgrade Gibson a little bit. Nobody really wants to get excited about the Giants, but at 6K, you've also got Saquon Barkley uh, as your pivot down. He probably won't be as popular as Gibson. He'll still be pretty pretty well-traveled here on this slate, though. It's just because of the price tag at 6K. The Chargers are a decent matchup for running backs, even though the, Ryan, the you know, Giants can't run the ball to save their life, and they got Mike Lennon at quarterback. Uh, can you trust Barkley? I mean, the guy can absolutely break a big play, so for tournaments, sure, go ahead and dial him up, but do you think that the probability is high that he could have a good game or are we just living in the past here with Barkley? We're really waiting for a better situation to emerge in New York before we can get excited again. Well, I've tried to be early on Barkley this year. <laughs> it hasn't been fun. Uh, Working out great. Right. And so now that he's at higher ownership, he's somebody I probably won't touch as much or have, have as much exposure to. Um, again, theoretically, fine play. Um, workload's been there. It's just the effectiveness overall. I mean, you alluded to it. Uh, the offense in general is terrible. And when the offense in general is terrible, that makes it really hard um, on the running back to, to make plays. Uh, they don't have as many scoring opportunities. Uh, so I think he's um, an okay play projection-wise. But, like, if you think about it this way, like, you're ecstatic if Saquon Barkley gets you 20 points. Um, that's typically not what you want from your running back spot in tournaments. No, especially since like you wouldn't be in the least bit surprised to see him have a similar score as Jeff Wilson Jr. <laughs> you know, or somebody like that on this particular week. I, I'm I'm interested in Barkley. I'm not. I'm definitely not. Uh, I'm not counting him out. Uh, but certainly easy to be skeptical of him. Very difficult to be skeptical of Alvin Kamara. He's he's another one of the chalk guys we can expect to have high ownership this week. We're getting close to the 20s here right now with our current projection. Uh, Kamara. It's going to be it's going to be the Kamara show this week, right? I mean, Dwayne Washington stinks. They're not going to put that guy out there. He's, I mean, he's like a special teams player. I mean, who else? Who else is there? It's Kamara all day, right? Yeah, it's Kamara all day. Um, and man, like fifty. I, I think the ownership projection is correct. Um, it feels weird though, right? Like Kamara seventy nine hundred against the Jets. Uh, typically, we would just see people smashing in. I think some of the hesitancy surrounding uh, Taysom Hill. Stealing carries, stealing goal line carries, that sort of thing is, is affecting this a little bit. Um, but if Kamara is truly healthy, which I believe he is, and I believe we have every reason to believe that he is healthy, we're looking at 20-plus touches against one of the worst defenses in the league. So, I mean, fire him up for sure. I think that the projection for Kamara wants to go higher, but it's a roster construction thing right now. You find me the players who are projecting well at savings, and I'll find you more ownership for Alvin Kamara for sure. I think that's what people are. People would probably like to play Kamara more than they actually will end up doing so. Uh, just because, again, you you know, if you're trying to build a complete roster here on DraftKings, it's a little bit difficult with how tight the pricing is. I think on FanDuel, a little bit easier to get there with some of the savings that are out there. They'll be in a few extra lineups on that particular site. Okay, so that pretty much does it for the chalk guys, right? Like we're not, we shouldn't be expecting anyone else to be a chalk running back on this slate, right? Uh, I certainly am not. 
No, I don't think so. Um, I think the guys you, we, we've talked about, um, Zeke on FanDuel, maybe we'll get some ownership. Uh, Clyde Edwards Elaire on FanDuel specifically, we'll get some ownership. Um, those are the only other guys that I think probably creep above 10% that we haven't really talked about. But again, yeah, those Clyde, are more FanDuel specific plays. Yeah, Clyde on DraftKings, I mean, certainly you can make a case for a lot of 6K guys getting up there in ownership, but I think, again, People just aren't going to be that excited about playing the guy right now. Okay. If you want to play against Beer Makers fan, Chop and Noto in the DFS OGs League title, go ahead and get to our homepage and click on the link there. Uh, there's, there's, there's prizes to be had. There's definitely some, some pride and bragging rights to be had uh, taking on those guys in the tournament. And certainly, you know, it's always fun to listen to their show. You might want to check it out on the RG podcast feed, which you can like and subscribe uh, while you're over there checking that particular feed out again, get to the DFS OGs, uh, you know, league on FanDuel. You can find the link on the Roto-Grinders homepage. Uh, you can find on the Roto-Grinders homepage, plenty of content that suggests Mike Williams will be the highest owned wide receiver in the absence of Keenan Allen this week. I think that is especially true on DraftKings Tuttle. I don't see any way that he's not going to run away with the lead here in the ownership at 6k, unless you're seeing something differently than I am. Oh, um, pretty easily the highest owned player, I think, on the slate. Uh, the much more interesting thing is figuring out, and, and I don't envy this task for you. The much more interesting thing is figuring out how the uh, the um, cheaper Chargers ownership is gonna gonna fall because I have no idea. And my take is basically on that is whoever is gonna be the lower owned of, of the the two cheapies is the one you probably want to play in more in tournaments. I think that could be the guys that it's a little bit difficult to push up in the ownership projection that could end up raising a guy's ownership for a guy like Kamara. People get really excited about Jalen Guyton for some reason, or people get really excited about Josh Palmer at 3K. Uh, that's where you'll start to see ownership on some of the more expensive backs start to rise. But Mike Williams is certainly going to be in a lot of rosters, regardless of the status of those two other guys. I think he's one of the prime cash plays and in tournaments will be one of the most popular guys. Chris Godwin, oh boy. Uh, he came through for us last week, and matchup this week isn't looking too shabby either. The question becomes, just as usual, uh, is there any any reason to consider the game theory elements here? Or are we just looking at the projection, looking at the game environment, and saying we got to get more Godwin at seven point one on DraftKings? Um, I mean, you can, you consider game theory. I mean, every every week it seems like the the easy cop out answer is just play Mike Evans and GPP Chris Godwin and cash. And right. it is a cop out answer, but it's also like one of the more accurate cop out answers um, on a weekly basis. And I think it's, I think it's the same this week, especially with the bills, not having Tredavious white there still, uh, you mentioned it and alluded to it earlier in the show. Like typically that's a matchup um, that we would be, we actually would maybe kind of sort of take into consideration. At least some people would uh, in terms of ownership projections. Um, and it would also theoretically drive more targets to Chris Godwin in that sense. But like, yeah, Mike Evans, I think is the, is easily the tournament plays, especially at a, a lower price tag than Chris Godwin. Uh, that does not make Chris Godwin a bad play. Uh, Chris Godwin is a fine play in general. Um, but it, I, I do think it's kind of the, the mantra fits again this week where you just play Godwin in cash and Mike Evans in GPP. If you want to win more cashing lineups, you know, just, get above that cash line. You'll play Godwin more often than Evans in tournaments. And if you want to win tournaments more often, you'll wait till Mike Evans is extremely low owned and you play him over Godwin. And then that's probably how you end up winning 
the bigger sum in your career as far as that goes. But this is probably not the week where that's true. I just think that if you're playing the Buccaneers, you just play them. You know, they're, they're all going to be pretty popular. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you think that that's the stack to go with, then get them all in there and don't disregard the ownership. That's my take uh, when it comes to that other to that Buccaneer stack and then make your lineup different somewhere else. Okay. Hunter Renfro continues to you know come through uh, with decent fantasy performances. I have him as a pretty popular player because he fits the roster construction that generally is going to be advised in the mid-tier on DraftKings. The question becomes with Hunter Renfro against the Kansas City Chiefs, do we continue to trust what we've been seeing? Or is, is like, you know, are the Raiders eventually just going to have a game where they don't get this guy in the end zone and or get him over 100 yards? Um, it's possible. I'm pretty confident the volume will be there, um, which is, again, kind of what makes him such a good play on DraftKings or what has made him such a, such a solid play on DraftKings. Obviously, the yardage has been there um, the past two weeks, which weeks, which probably makes him look a little bit better um, than what he than what he really is. Uh, but if you know if a touchdown falls in his lap or something like that, man, you're looking at thirty DK points right there. Um, so he's a strong player for sure. I think I think if you um, want to take the stance that you don't want to play Renfro, then I th- I think your stance in general probably should be that the Raiders just struggle. Uh, Kansas City's defense has been playing a little bit better. Maybe maybe this is the the stance where you go a little bit more overweight on Clyde edwards Lair. Kansas City's defense is cheap on FanDuel too. Um, maybe you just do the the CEH and, and Kansas City stack and hope this game stays relatively quiet. I think if you're fading um, Renfro, that that's the stance I would take. Yeah, this is a second division matchup. So was, you know the the old adage is that. The division games tend to have, you know, unders on the on the back end of, of the two games set here. We'll see if that transpires here with Kansas City. I'm certainly not someone who's all that excited about Hunter Renfro long term. Uh, the recent success has burned me a little bit here. I haven't been on him too much, but uh, I, I'm I'm definitely not going to change my stance. That I don't I don't necessarily believe in him as a player in the in the long run. So I'm not going to be overweight on him. Although I'm I'm going to quit ignoring him getting my ass kicked every week because the guy's getting 10 targets all the time. So here's a guy that I would say when you talk about his overall skill and ability, like, like dwarfs Hunter Renfro should be like, you know, should be dominating in fantasy as compared to Hunter Renfro, but that's just not the case because of the situation. It's DJ Moore. He's 6.2 on DraftKings. I mean, who would have, who would have thought we're, we're thinking about drafting Hunter Renfro over DJ Moore for a hundred dollar difference, but that's going to be the case this week. Uh, I do think that, that Cam Newton has a little bit of a thing with him. I do think that, uh, the matchup itself is pretty good for the wide receiver spot. And if the Panthers end up throwing the ball at all, DJ Moore is in line to be the top target here. Do you trust them with everything that's going on in Carolina? No, not, not at all. Um, and if this ownership projection of, you know, 15 to 20% is accurate, I want absolutely no part of it. Um, I really do think, you know, ideal scenario for them is Cam throwing the ball under 20 times. Um, and if that happens, you're just looking at a, like, even if times. It, yeah, for Cam Newton, I, I oh guarantee like an ideal situation for them guarantee. That's what they want. Um, again, it's, it's more of if they can execute that and pull it off, which the opponent this week, they probably can. Um, so if you're looking, you know, 20 to 25 times of Cam Newton dropping back and throwing the ball, even if you're looking at a good target share for, um, DJ Moore, it's just so small. Um, I think we were talking pre-show about another guy who like he might score a long touchdown. Cortland Sutton, you had mentioned might score a long touchdown 
right. then still end with 14 fantasy points. That's kind of yeah. what I think when I think about DJ Moore here is like, he might score a long touchdown, but he's going to get an ideal in a, in a situation that I'm projecting and an ideal situation for Carolina. He's going to get four targets um, type of thing. Like he's going to end up with 14 fantasy points, even if he scores a long touchdown. Um, so I, I want no part of, of DJ Moore personally. The scenario you're talking about, I mean, it's definitely a scenario that's, that speaks more, more credence into somebody like Chuba than like yep. currently being touted across the industry right now. You know, I mean, not look with Cam Newton in play, those running and, and, and of course, Amir Abdullah is lurking back there. It's not like anything to get super excited about, but yeah, I mean, definitely you're taking a big old steaming dump on DJ Moore. And I can't really blame you for it at this point in time. Uh, two guys that are certainly going to be steaming, but won't be dumps. Uh, Tyree Hill, Stefan Diggs. I mean, both of these guys are in incredible situations right now with Hill against the Raiders, Diggs against the Buccaneers, where, you know, he, he's a versatile player. He can get open in the short and intermediate area where the Buccaneers are going to see the majority of their targets at, at, you know, on a volume basis, right? You're like guys like Diggs, guys like Beasley could have big games here against the Buccaneers. Are you paying up the big price tag, tags on DraftKings? We know we're doing it on FanDuel, right? Because you can afford it on FanDuel and those guys are yeah. going to be super, super popular there. Uh, but on DraftKings, are you willing to pay the iron price? Um, in some builds, I think the interesting thing here, um, and we're kind of seeing it with the projection and even projecting for decent ownership, like people are forgetting that Stefan Diggs' target share this year has really not been uh, anywhere close to what we saw last season. Uh, he's uh, like, it's not been amazing the last few weeks and in this season in general. Um, so like 8,100, there are paths to him failing this price tag on DraftKings for sure. I feel much more uh, confident in Tyreek Hill getting the volume than I do, than I do Stefan Diggs. Uh, with that said, I'm going to like, it's, it's a great spot again for the bills. I'm, I, we, we talked about it on the top of the show, how much I like Josh Allen, um, and how much I like the passing attack in general. And because of that, I will have exposure to Stefan Diggs. Um, but I do think like, if you're just taking a more pragmatic approach and looking to, like I, I would say like somebody like Cole Beasley or even Dawson Knox is pro, perhaps a better stacking candidate with Josh Allen. Um, just because I do think the, um, the overall passing game production is going to be spread around in general. Uh, so when that's the case, go with the lower own stack and go with the guy that's not the most expensive of the bunch. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather lose and not play Stefan Diggs this week. Uh, the situation with, with Josh Allen is he's mentioned out loud, uh, I, I believe I heard it on the, on the broadcast last week. They were, you know, Josh Allen has admitted that it was a mistake to not get uh, Diggs more involved. Now, last week, you know, of course they're they're playing New England in the, in, you know, in treacherous conditions. It probably wasn't quite as easy to get that volume pumped out for this guy. The, the previous week against New Orleans, not not necessarily the easiest matchup in the world. Uh, this is the first time I think we're going to probably get to see Josh Allen come through on that promise. And I am very much expecting Diggs to have a big game this week. If, you know, maybe he won't get the touchdown and have the, the tournament winner, but I'm certainly not going to sit by and watch him uh, get a ton of targets against Tampa Bay, a game winch, but they're not going to run the ball at all uh, and, and not play Stephon Diggs. I do, I do get all the concerns that you have mentioned, but I'm, I'm definitely very, very bullish on Diggs this week. Uh, okay. So you mentioned Jalen Guyton, you mentioned, uh, you, you know, the Chargers cheapies, where, where are we saving money on this slate? If we're, I mean, I mean, I don't know. We're waiting on uh, the news for Elijah Moore. Are we saving with Jamison Crowder, if that's the case? Like, what, what are the salary-saving options this week? 
Um, yeah, we're, we're waiting on Elijah Moore, uh, and we'll see like Sterling Shepard, maybe, uh, we talked pre-show. It looks like he's, he's good to go. He's 4,600. Um, value's not great, uh, which is another reason why you might see Beasley, who I mentioned actually creep up a little bit in ownership too. He's not been good either. Um, but that's kind of more an indictment on the bills uh, in general lately than anything else. Um, <clears throat> I do think people will take shots on the, the chargers. And as I mentioned, I'm, I'm kind of in the stance that you just play the lower own guy. Uh, but if, if they're looking similarly, um, it sounds like you like Palmer's skill set. And I definitely do like Palmer's skill set more than Jalen Guyton. The thing is, we've seen the, the, the Jalen Guyton story before. We've seen it play out numerous times over the last few seasons where he has been the wide receiver too. And he's just running wind sprints out there. Like, honestly, his, his yeah. role does not change much uh, with Keenan Allen out. Uh, he's going to be out there. He's going to be running deep routes. If he, again, we keep coming to it. Like he's a guy that could catch one deep ball uh, for a touchdown and at his price tag, at least. So that's probably enough to work him in closer to optimal lineups. Um, so I, I get why people will play Guyton, but I, I would not expect some massive role change than what we've seen from him in the past. Yeah. I'm not particularly excited about Palmer. I, other than to say that if I'm choosing between the two, I might take that chance just because I do think you'll get the ownership arbitrage as well as the potential for him. I, th I figure he's more likely to be the, you know, some percentage of the time he'll play more of Mike Williams, uh, you know, target situation and role. You know, maybe there's like a few outcomes we don't know about where he's like more in the Keenan Allen role. I, I don't think so, but I mean, you never know uh, right now how, how these teams are going to come in and attack it. Uh, more often than not though, both these guys are gonna stink. So it's not, I wouldn't get too excited about these guys. They're, neither one's gonna be a lock. Oh gosh, um, I just realized. I realized where some of the salary is coming. Not not super inexpensive, uh, but it's Julio, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think people are going to probably talk themselves into the idea that he'll be lower owned because he hasn't been around for a while, but he'll he'll probably end up getting clicked on. He's the only guy out there in Tennessee. Not, not a very high uh, passing yardage prop there for Tannehill. I wouldn't expect the world from Julio here. Projection's not coming in super sharp. I think we're at like 12 or 13 or something like that on DraftKings PPR fantasy points. But Again, if the guy's going to be the number one target in the offense and he's 5,400, we are starved a little bit for salary savings right now. I don't see a whole lot of relief coming. You know, in particular, you know, Brandon Cooks, uh, I mean, he's not in, in, he's not the picture of health right now. Seattle, you know, guy, I mean, well, first of all, Davis Mills is a quarterback and he stinks. So, I mean, sure, Brandon Cooks could get it done, but he's not somebody that you're doing a backflip over to get into your roster. You know, neither is Jarvis Landry against Baltimore. I wouldn't say Baltimore is a good defense as they once were. But again, 5,400, people, some people are probably going to consider it. Uh, Elijah Moore, people would love if he was healthy, but we don't know if that's going to happen here. It's just really tough out there. That's why I think Amari Cooper will end up being higher on than people think, right? 5,900, uh, matchup with Washington. Talk, talk me out of the idea that Cooper's going to be approaching, you know, the 10% level. I think I can. Um, we talked about when we talked about Dak uh, under the quarterback position, it's just a, a matchup that, you know, typically allows teams to throw it up a little bit uh, higher rate. Then you consider that they don't have Tony, Tony Pollard. He's at very least very banged up. Zeke's banged up and can't run the ball. Um, they, they, they have run Zeke more than they should, which makes me think they'll probably do it again this week. But even if they do that, I think they'll still see a, a pretty good amount of pass attempts here. So um, yeah, I think Cooper's a pretty good point per dollar play. Yeah. I'll probably try to get a Dallas stack in there 
or maybe maybe some other kind of a of a team that's related in that game. I think I just gave it away. But uh, rotogrinders.com premium if you want to see all the stacks that you can build in lineup HQ, get access to this amazing tool and start building some NFL DFS lineups today. Okay, let's get into the tight end position. Buzz through this real quick because it's really going to be sp spread out. You know, I think it's difficult to even say with any confidence that, you know, people are going to say one tight end is the chalk tight end or another. I think I've got Gronk right now as the highest owned guy, but Austin Hooper at 3,400 should start to creep up there in ownership for salary savings. You'll see punts on James O'Shaughnessy. God, I thought I never thought I would say that. And then Kelsey probably ends up getting uh, some ownership just simply because, you know, there's really not that many other exciting places to turn at the tight end position on DraftKings. You, you tell me, is one of these guys going to end up being chalky? Because right now it's pretty spread out from my purview. No, I don't think it will be chalky. Um, Hooper's kind of the guy I think could be chalkier than what we have projected. Um, he seems to be getting a lot of love for what I've seen. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not huge into it, but I would rather personally play Jared Cook. We talked about how the offense could kind of change up there in, in Los Angeles. I'd, I'd rather play Jared Cook over, over Austin Hooper, but I do think Hooper's the more popular opinion currently. Um, I think, so the interesting thing is here, um, we have Gronk projected for decent ownership, Kelsey Kittle, and that's probably true, but I, I do think you will probably see some of these lower price guys. Again, Hooper might be the guy just come away with it because of the lineup construction we've talked about. Um, you know, if you're not playing Taysom at quarterback, if you're paying up for one of the higher priced stacks, uh, it's pretty hard. Uh, if you're going to like, you can't really pay, pay up at tight end. Uh, so I do think we might be see a little bit more overall ownership on the, on like the really cheap guys um, on this slate than what we're currently projecting. Yeah, I can buy it. And that may end up happening here as we run the ownership projections a few more times leading up to lock. It is certainly not that easy to fall in love with James O'Shaughnessy and Austin Hooper. So I think you can forgive an ownership projection that isn't immediately just diving to the keyboard to smash in all of these cheap, cheap guys. Uh, it does make sense roster construction wise. You can't have nice things sometimes on DraftKings the way they price it out. Um, they even have Foster Moreau up at fourth. Well, he was like 35% or so. Like he was like ridiculously owned last week. And uh, that, that is not going to be the case this week at 4K to say the least. Um, any particular favorites of yours? You said you mentioned Jared Cook. Is, is, that, is that the guy for you? Is he is he the guy you're putting the rubber stamp on for week number 14? I hate Jared Cook and I don't like playing him, but yeah, like <laughs> I, I think it lines up well for him. Uh, he's definitely my, my favorite cheap tight end on the slate. And on FanDuel too, he makes sense. Uh, he makes a lot of things work with the his $5,100 price tag there. You got a favorite expensive tight end? Um, I think it's Kelsey. Uh, he's very hard to play on DraftKings. I, I, like his price tag is, is tough uh, to stomach on DK. Uh, much easier on, on FanDuel builds. Um, but I, if I'm paying up, I think it's Kelsey. Uh, but I think Kittle and Gronk are a great plays too. They just use Byron Pringle. You'll be all good. You have the Mahomes, Byron Pringle, Kelsey stack. Is anything wrong with that one? <laughs> no, not at all. All in on Byron Pringle, right? Okay. Well, we'll see about that. Like Byron Pringle is going to make you eat that. If, you, if you're, you're not, you're not <laughs> championing Byron Pringle and he's got the skills to get it done. Okay. He's 3,200 by the way, which actually isn't like the worst thing yeah. in the world if you wanted to take that risk. Okay. So defensively, I think you're going to see a lot of the Seahawks on DraftKings. You will see a lot of the Panthers. These are sort of mid price defenses because we don't have anyone super down low that we can really, really get excited about unless you're more excited about the Jets than I am. Talk about it. 
No. Um, the issue with the Jets, too, like I keep trying to talk myself into them, especially on, on uh, FanDuel, because uh, they're the stone men there. They're, they're 3K there. And so they definitely fit some builds. Um, I mean, I, I keep beating into the ground that Carolina's going to want to run the ball. Uh, New Orleans, it's going to be so much Taysom and so much Kamara. And when that happens, it, there's not as many opportunities for the defense to put up points. So they can't get sacks. They Turnovers are harder to come by. Um, so, like, that's the biggest argument against the Jets. Not that you needed an argument to not play Jets defense. I don't think anybody needed one. Um, but, yeah, I've been trying to talk myself into them. So that's why I had that one. But on DraftKings, um, I mean, you have it projected this way, but Panthers are easily my favorite cheap defense to target. Um, but I, I don't have any strong pivots off of them, unfortunately. Actually, there was one, um, and it's higher priced. And I hate pay, I hate paying out on DraftKings. But then the, the Broncos, um, thirteen. Like, just look at their starters. The, the, like, list their starters out right right on paper. Jared Goff. List their starting running back Godwin whatever we didn't mention Godwin and Jamar Jefferson at running back by the way they're, I like Godwin both really, on DK yeah pass catching you know yeah. he, they're not going to score any points Tuttle what are you talking about they're not going to score any points but like he could get I, I think he'll like get zero. five targets at least like they're going to get shut out like zero like they're not I, I think not, they will too but the, I mean you'll be looking Godwin I think Godwin's the only guy I'm semi-tempted to play on that team um, just because I do think he'll get uh, he'll get the targets to be valuable on DraftKings, and he might not do anything with them. It might be like ten target, like f- ten targets, eight catches, twenty yards. But hey, that's 10, 10 DK points right there. Yeah, the professional in me is going to say yes. Projection wise, technically speaking, Godwin with the pass catching on DraftKings is someone that you can consider at four K. Uh, the actual person who wants to have fun playing fantasy football, hell no. Okay, let's get into the quarterback position. Let's talk about what we're going to do, Huddles. We're going to talk about low-owned options here at the end of this broadcast. What we would like to do is let's say we're trying to aim at like a bigger tournament. You know, we don't have to go down to the 2% range to play the, uh, you know, the, the 153 max. You can, but like you don't like have to, okay? But if you're playing in the Millionaire Maker with 200,000 teams or whatever's in there these days, you don't necessarily want to be playing, you know, guys in your entire roster who are 10 15 owned you might want to try to find one or two guys maybe three who are below the threshold in terms of ownership like below five percent at quarterback for example Tuttle, who's a quarterback five percent or less that you think could be useful you know every once in a while at winning one of these big multi-million dollar tournaments yeah so i hyped up burrow a little bit um so i mean he, he he's an answer for me but i'll also say um Lamar Jackson, like, come on. Like, are we, like their, their offense has been so bad. Um, and he's not going to be owned. Like, but it's like, there's been talk about them uh, running a little bit more hurry up. I know the matchup's not the greatest in the world, uh, but we talk about guys with legs, guys that can make, like, this guy, there, there aren't very many quarterbacks that are going to be under four, 5% owned that actually have legitimate 40 point upside, regardless of matchup. And that, that's Lamar Jackson. I, I think he's, a, he's an awesome tournament play this week. Sure. If you, if you have the money, go ahead and find the Lamar Jackson team. I don't have any money on DraftKings this week, Tuttle. I don't know if, you, if, you, if you've, you're having that problem too. So if, if I think that Dallas is going to score points and they're going to put up a game, well, why not Taylor Heineke on the other side of that? 
because Dallas defense, I, I, I think they're, they're going to get exposed at some point. I don't, I don't really think that their passing defense is that good, especially if it gets into a shootout scenario. We did see it on Thanksgiving with them. Uh, if we start to see the Washington football team uh, need to play a little bit of catch up or at least need to keep pace with a high scoring Dallas team, you know, certainly by all means draft Dak. Great. He's not going to be that high owned either, but if you want to make one of those uh, more fancy uh, millionaire maker teams, I think Heineke could end up getting there uh, with, uh, with, with a nice uh, full game stack here on that particular team. Who do you like at running back? Your running backs a little bit more fun. Um, in a, a little bit more out there um, for me, but uh, this guy's been in the headlines for not getting enough touches. Uh, James Robinson. Shit. Yeah. That was going to be my guy too. We'll have to talk about <laughs> it though. Cause I think, I think we're on the same page here. I do think we could like, so we've seen it. So I, I don't take do coach speak a lot. I know it seems like I do because I'm, I'm over, I'm beating this, this uh, Carolina situation to, to death. And now I'm kind of taking it into consideration here, but we, I do think we'll see overcorrection here where they just feed Robinson. Um, and the other thing is we've seen it this season. So he has five games of 19 plus touches. Uh, so I think ideal situation. He doesn't fumble the ball early. He doesn't get benched early. He gets 20 plus touches and it's not a bad matchup. Um, he's cheap. He's 5,800 on DraftKings. He's 6,400 on FanDuel. Uh, I mean, anytime you can get a guy that could get 20 touches for that sort of thing, for that sort of price tag, I think it's worth taking shots on in tournaments. I will mention that the Jaguars aren't very good. I mean, as a matter of fact, they suck as hard as many teams <laughs> as I can remember uh, on offense. Uh, but so I'm not that excited about James Robinson. But yeah, I agree. I've, you know, if he's going to be under 5% owned, like, like the squeaky wheel narrative, so to speak, is in effect here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was the one who came out and stood, stood up for his guy and said, we got to get this guy on the field. I expect him to play a more normal workload this week and have a chance to produce. How about a wide receiver? Um, so I got a few guys written down. Um, I don't know if CD was quite under the Oh yeah, the, he's good. The limit. Yeah, so CD was one. Like, so there are guys in that game in general. CD and, and Terry McLaurin, I, I had written down as a place to to target. Um, I've talked about Lamar Jackson a, a decent amount. So Marquise Brown naturally, uh, he's going low owned. I think he's a good play. I think people are going to play DK Metcalf, but not really play Tyler Lockett. And again, that's kind of a similar situation to, um, what was why can't I think about the Mike Evans Chris Godwin thing you just play the guy that's going to be lower owned um Lockett would be that guy so Lockett doesn't fit the criteria quite because he's around that seven percent range but I think he's fine um and those were the guys that I'd written down oh one more guy I wanted to talk 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 on um soccer Dave somehow brought a relevant stat to this wall cast this week and it's the first time he's done it so it was extremely surprising um it was an ex- extremely surprising to me because I didn't follow the game all that closely. And this guy's a terrible player, but Brashad Perryman was very clearly working as Buck as Tampa Bay's wide receiver three last week. Uh, he ran around on 49 of 52 Tampa Bay or Tom Brady dropbacks. I think he was only targeted three times, only caught one of those. Uh, but we're talked about being starving for value on this slate. Why not take a 3K guy in a game that we expect to shoot out? Yeah, if, if Soccer Dave's figuring this out, I guess I probably need to get a little <laughs> bit of ownership on this guy. I mean, that doesn't make, I actually did see that uh, as well, uh, and that, that makes that makes quite a bit of sense. And I, I neglected to manually get him up there. The the algorithm wasn't in a hurry to give 
for Sean Perriman any ownership, but I do think for reasons we've discussed many times in the show, that could be the case. Here, I, I've got a stat for you. I got stats for you, Tyler. This is the this is a fish, uh, you know, target depth stat take for Michael Gallup. So the Washington football team gives up as a percentage of their passes, one of the higher percentages in the league of targets, the third highest percent, as a matter of fact, between 10 and 19 yards down the field, right? So, and, you know, they also give up a pretty good number of targets downfield, uh, you know, mittering 20 plus. But Michael Gallup, his percentage of targets, you know, 10 to 19 yards downfield is 41%. So the majority of any targets that he's seeing is in that radius of the field. And, you know, quite frankly, it's also about the ownership here with Gallup. You know, we know that at 5,500 is not a steal. It's not, it's like, quite frankly, it's, it's a pretty uh, egregious price tag when you, you can get <laughs> Cooper for 5,900. You can get, you know, you can get a lot of good uh, salary plays in the slate in that mid range, but I don't think anyone's going to play Michael Gallup as a result of that. And if you're making that Dallas stack and you want to be a little bit different, I think that that's a pretty, pretty interesting way to do it. And I don't think it'll be the most popular way at all. You got any tight ends? Austin Knox is my guy. Um, 19 targets over the last three weeks. He's coming off the primetime game where he, he looked pretty bad. Um, dropped a few few passes. Um, but opportunity's been there. Again, talked about a guy that's in a high-scoring environment on a game that's going to be stacked a lot of ways. But he's not going to be a very popular part of those stacks. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Dawson Knox. Good, good touchdown equity, too. I think he's got seven touchdowns on the year. He's a guy they look for in the red zone. So I, I like him. Uh, I'm not ready to stand up for any of these tight ends. I mean, I like I like part of me wants to say something about Foster Moreau right now, but I just can't, you know, like no offense on the Broncos and God. I mean, I just like, I, I can't even get behind Teddy Bridgewater for any particular reason. I um, you know, you're going to see Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts low owned, but I'm not ready to, you know, what about Brock Wright at 2,500 total? Like the, you mentioned that the, uh, the lions have absolutely nothing going on. I don't think anyone's going to play him, but I do think that the projection isn't the worst for a $2,500 player. Is, is this going to be something that people are going to do? Yeah, I saw the projection on him, and I was we probably got to temper down uh, Detroit's <laughs> efficiency numbers, I think, yeah. a little bit here. That's probably um, right. I mean, it's the same thing. We, we've talked about it so much. It's just it's hard to justify or think that Detroit's going to do anything um, offensively. If they do do something offensively, sure. I don't know anything about the guy. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't invest in Detroit this week, I don't think. Yeah. What, what kind and of upside that, can he have? I know he's cheap, I don't but know. Like, what, what kind of upside can he have? I don't know. I'm sorry I opened my mouth about him. We're going to end this show <laughs> on the stone worst player we mentioned in the entire show, and that's how we like to do it here. Folks, that is going to do it for the ownership report. For Dan Gasper, Mr. Shuttle 05, I'm Chris Germino. We'll be back again for week 15. Get out there and go win something. Don't play Brock Wright. Go. Mm-hmm.